0: Welcome to Mobility Matters. I am your host, Arlene Holt.
1: And I am Bill Neary. Keep no Six moving.
0: Today we are here with Joe Heights Heightstown Council Member, and we will be talking about complete streets and the importance of implementing a complete streets policy in your master plan. Welcome to Mobility Matters, Joe.
2: Thank you. My name is Joe Cicalise. I'm a council member in Heightstown Borough. Uh, I joined the council in 2019. Uh, before that, I was on the planning board. Uh, for several years, I've been, I've been on our town's uh, Complete Streets Committee, uh, where I'm now the chair. give you a little bit of background about myself, I, I moved here to Town to build my family, and uh, the, the thing that attracted us to this town is that it's a small historic town with um, a high walkability index. What you realize when you move to a small historic town with a high walkability index is that... It means that everybody's walking there. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're walking safely. This is a very old town. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of our streets, a lot of our um, which we can get into a little more later, but uh, a lot of our cartways or streets are, are old and outdated and they're not designed for multiple modes of transit they're designed for in some cases it's hard to believe that they're actually designed for cars but they're definitely not designed for pedestrians and cyclists so um what we do uh on council and planning and on uh my in my role on the complete streets committee uh we look for opportunities to improve on that you know this town was basically built out probably a hundred years ago to capacity. So uh, every time we touch one of these streets and one of these intersections, we're kind of trying to start from ground zero because somebody already built it out the way that they did and they didn't consider uh, every mode every possible mode of transit. So to make the streets more accessible, to make uh, our public infrastructure safer, we have to consider every time we touch a part of the road, we have to consider curbs, sidewalks, cutouts for um, handicapped access, ADA compliance, uh, a whole schema of things that has, have been overlooked over the years and that have kind of gotten us to where we are now. One of the issues you have in Heights of course, is your main street is a state highway.
1: Which that's correct. Frequently not not something that's unusual in a community like Town, but it's also a problem. I mean, when you have your traffic there, your merchants are also depending upon traffic for a variety of different reasons. How, how do you make that kind of connection between getting traffic off the streets and making it a walkable community like you're doing?
2: Well, like, like I say, uh, you know, I was first attracted to the town because um, you know, I came from Jackson Township, which is uh, where, you know, where Six Flags is—it's not a particularly developed area, and Heightstown on the other hand, is, and we have a lot of people who live here uh, that don't even own a car. So when when we first came here, you know, with the with this grand vision, going to move right down the street from my office, try out bicycle commuting, try out other modes of transit if the opportunity is available. I hadn't really considered all the ins and outs of that, because I came from a place where you just had to have a car. There's no, there's no alternative. Fast forward a couple of years and I got involved by showing up to public meetings, you know, with a passion and fury about uh, why aren't we doing more to make the streets safer? You know, this is an incredible situation we have where we have this highway that intersects the town, a state highway. And then we have this larger, almost larger County route, that goes straight out to Princeton, it's untenable. You know, how, how can we manage this and, and why are we doing more? And you find out when you get involved that there are many reasons why we're not doing more. There are permissions and different departments that all have to be, they all have to collaborate together in some form or another to, to try to make these things happen and try to make the streets safer And uh, it's in many cases, it's easier said than done. It really takes strong involvement from just the citizens in the town. It takes having leadership, not just myself, you know, the the other members of council and the other committee commissions and boards, they have to know who to talk to. They have to have the will and and wherewithal to do it. And they have to kind of speak the language. Uh, So if you don't have a planning background, if you're not familiar with, uh municipal land use laws uh you could find yourself in over your head which i've done many times (laughs) uh so as as we get into it further and further i'm I'm finding out you know more which bells to ring which levers to pull buttons to push and, and uh it takes a village uh you have to get a lot of people involved and you have to have a lot of people on the same page which, as you can imagine, just running a podcast or something like this that's not easy to do. Yeah so exactly.
0: That, Did you become part of the Complete streets committee as a council person or before?
2: It's it's actually the second committee I joined upon moving to Heightstown. the first being the uh, if you've ever heard of it, we have the Heightstown Harvest Fair mm-hmm. uh, So I, I have
0: heard of it. <laughs> I
2: kind of wet my beak with that. I got a little bit involved there. I got to know a lot of people in the town, you know. Um, I got to know the the council members and planning board members. That was kind of my first foot in the door. I went from there to join the planning board. And as a member of the planning board, I was assigned, because of my strong interest in cycling safety and alternate modes of transit, that uh, I was assigned to the Complete Streets Committee, which at the time was just a, a function of the planning board. It was called the Streets and Sidewalks Committee. And now it's grown. The borough has adopted a Complete Streets policy, which we could talk more about what that means. And since we developed the policy, we renamed the committee to reflect this this approach to planning and design. And we renamed the committee the Complete Streets Committee. And that's been reflective of our goals since we changed the name maybe two years ago, let's say 2019. Councilman, you understand how difficult these kind of collaborations are. You have to
1: be working not only with the state, and the county, and your own residents. I mean, these type of programs take not only interest and experience, and at the same time, uh, people willing to collaborate. So you're going to need some funding for these type of sources. So I'm sure that those type of programs are something that's important to do as an elected official more than a planning board member. Do you feel like your experience there is helping you make these kind of projects move forward because there's resistance for change, no matter what kind of change we're talking about? even a walkable community like Hudson.
2: Oh, absolutely. Uh, one of the things that struck me early on, I was not a council member yet at the time that we adopted our Complete Streets policy, but I was on the planning board and, and I was close to the process. And so I wanted to, to make sure I was present for, for the, the occasion. And I was, and, and several of my now colleagues on council voted for this initiative. I think maybe not fully understanding what it means in the long term, because now I've had several occasions since then where I've had to remind everyone that, Hey, you know, by the way, we have a complete streets policy and that, and that means that's a policy. That's something that we have to stick to. So if we get down to the end of uh, such and such a street where it's, it may not be a popular decision to put bike lanes in, for whatever reason, the residents like their on-street parking. There's myriad reasons why people like or don't like some of these policies. But when you tell people that we, that we stand for public safety and uh, you know our children walking to school, especially in Heightstown, that's that's an issue that we face. We, we of course, we want safe streets, but I don't think everybody always, is always aware of what that means and what it entails. So when we get to your block and and we start to put in sidewalks and now people start talking about having to shovel the the sidewalks in front of their house, uh, it becomes another story. And you're infringing
0: on on their, you know, their property and you're requiring them to maintain those those sidewalks.
2: Absolutely. That's that's another scenario. So, I mean, there's there's uh, like I said, there's there's a thousand reasons why people like or don't like the complete streets policy. However, it is a policy, and the borough has agreed to it. And that means that every project that we get involved in has to uh, meet the standards of the Complete Streets program.
0: For those listeners who aren't familiar with Complete Streets, can you talk a little bit about what it is and what is the function of Complete Streets within a municipality?
2: Sure. I, I try to separate it in our case because we have a committee that's actually called the Complete Streets Committee. But as far as policy goes, it's an approach to planning and designing uh, your streets where you approach everything holistically. There is as much of a need for these streets for cars as there is bicycles, people walking. For most municipalities, Complete Streets is just a policy that says that we, we approach every part of every street with every user of the road in mind. So anytime that we attack a project where there are sidewalks involved, where there, there are um, maybe no sidewalks involved, uh, we commit that we're going to build that portion of the road at least with the proper sidewalks, uh, road diets where, where possible, which is where you take space from the driving lanes and reconnoiter it to allow more space for pedestrians and cyclists Um, it's where we're adding bicycle lanes whether they're protected or sharrows as some people are starting to see uh some form of protection for the other users of the road besides just cars because in a hundred years of urban planning uh that's been primarily the focus on on cars and trucks and how fast we can get them through these intersections. And in doing that, uh, we've created a very dangerous situation where these cars and trucks are going very fast through these intersections. And uh, there needs to be some consideration planning-wise and policy-wise for other users of the road uh, who are more vulnerable to the scenarios that are created by them. Well, we,
1: we think you're absolutely right. It's commendable. I think your, your your issues beyond your local NIMBY problems that could be existing is also the regional aspect of it. I, I think one of your problems is you have to face is when people leave Heidstown to go someplace else. So you're gonna have to work regionally with your other neighbors, or especially East Windsor more than the I'm sure you're working, I'm sure you're doing that. I'd like to know more about how this
2: collaboration can make it work even better. I would like to know that as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's uh, it's definitely I always I, I find myself repeatedly saying it takes a village it takes a village because I happen to live in a very small one it's a collaboration with other municipalities you know um, not just from a complete streets perspective but for um, our police in Heightstown. We, we somewhat famously regionally uh, joined forces with Robbinsville in doing so you know it seems odd to some people because we are the hole in the donut of East Windsor. Yes. Town is right in the middle. However, we have a need to share resource. We have a need for resources and we have a limited ability to claim them. Anything that we can do to join forces with other municipalities to try to share some of these efforts and uh, and improve things uh, is a good one. And in our case, we have a great partnership with Robbinsville for, for our police department and our courts in the Short term, there are some cost savings in the long term. I I think it means that we find ourselves with access to other resources that we may not have had because we're a very small town and constantly we find ourselves running into problems. We don't have funding. We don't have this or that. We don't have the personnel just to manage certain things. You know, a larger town like East Windsor can hire grant writers, they can hire, they they may have even more access to volunteer, to uh, volunteer labor in the form of uh, having a larger population. You know, we we have a disproportionate amount probably of our 5,500 residents volunteer for in some form or another for a committee or a board or a commission. You don't see that in every town. Not, not to the extent that we have it here. So um, where we want to try to pursue things sometimes, uh, and that, that means looking for grant opportunities or looking for shared service arrangements with other municipalities, you know, sometimes we find our hands are tied because of our size. Partnering with other municipalities, partnering with other agencies, especially in our case, the county and state where we have the state highway and the county routes. Uh, Mercer County planning has been a tremendous gift to us. They've really supported us for our, all of our projects that they've helped us with, but that's only for the county route, uh, which makes up a good chunk of our town. But basically, there's there's nothing that we can do just by ourselves. The most important and impactful things, you know, the, so to speak, the low-hanging fruit, All has to do with partnering with either the county or the state, whether it's funding or in some cases we've actually gotten technical assistance, which is where where they'll hire engineers who specialize in a specific type of project. They'll hire engineers that'll work with us and get to know our, our specific locale and what the problems we face are, collect data from the public and then try to turn that around into some kind of a project that we can actually implement to improve things because otherwise we wouldn't get anything done. <laughs>
1: well, well, Councilman, I would think I would think from my point of view, volunteers are really important, but leadership is even more important. As an elected official, I think your leadership is really making a point about how these types of things can occur. It really does take a leadership on a municipal level, let people on different levels and understand what you're trying to do and how you can work together with everybody. I uh, congratulate you for that. that.
2: That's a good, good leadership role for Heightstown. Thank you. It, it works when it works. You know, sometimes uh, <laughs> I, I'm definitely in no hurry to pat myself on the back. Uh, you know, as, as far as my goals, some of my major goals have been checked. You know, I, I came here, I wanted to see the pedestrian bridge downtown. If you're familiar at all with Heightstown, we have a beautiful waterfall. And, uh, and a pedestrian bridge in Memorial Park. That was one of the first things that drove me to get involved because it's another example of of what you see. Is I heard about this project that you know the bridge had been out for almost ten years due to Hurricane Irene. I was so shocked to hear that there were people against this. You know, like it, it's a beautiful park, it's a beautiful bridge, and it actually makes it a little safer for people who want to get to downtown or go to the library. How anybody could be against that, I don't know. But you find out as you get involved that there, there are many reasons and many driving forces from, from all perspectives. Leadership is key. Uh, having enough people that are humble enough to just do things for the greater good and for the purpose of getting things done rather than, you know, uh, to put a uh, for a laurel and hearty handshake. will. <laughs> <too little. laughs> 51% so
1: think- plus one, 50% plus one. <laughs> That's all
2: you. it takes.
0: <laughs> what are some of the projects that you're working on right now for Complete Streets? And how is it going? How, you know, how are things working, especially with uh, funding?
2: Yeah, uh, well, we have an annual review, which just took place. We go over with uh, our borough engineer um all of the current projects and i I can tell you it is staggering to see even even as we work we look at at them every month we work on them but just to hear it all together is is just something else um we have big problems coming coming into town um on all sides uh like i say east windsor surrounds us but we have a couple of major intersections uh we have north main street we have Stockton Street, Mercer Street, South Main Street. All of these roads, I, I think to people that, are, that don't live in Heightstown, they consider these to be major thoroughfares, and they are, but they don't think of them as being part of a town, and we do. So we really struggle with convincing people to slow down uh, when they're not a part of our community, uh, convincing trucking companies and and warehousing facilities and all of that to slow down to consider other routes. You know, if it saves somebody two seconds a day to cut through one of our culverts downtown, uh, they're going to do it because it adds up. For us, that creates a lot of problems. Our businesses uh, in the downtown, our residents in the surrounding area, quite frankly, they're fed up and, and they should be. So what we're trying to do is approach this as we do um, from a complete streets perspective to look at it from all angles, from the perspective of the users of the road, of the users of the road who aren't driving trucks, who aren't driving cars, but also from the perspective of the people who are commuting to work and just trying to get there as fast as they can. Because we kind of have to get into their heads. We have to find ways to, to slow them down uh, using design. It's not as simple as enforcement always, you know, it's good to put up signs. What we've been trying to do is, is get some street trees, I say road diets on on the main corridors coming into town. We, we've put in bike lanes on North main street coming from Cranberry. Uh, It's just a start. There's been a lot of pushback, but the result is that the street looks very different to the person driving through it. Mm-hmm. And they look around, they realize that they're in a small town and that there are a lot of people walking and cycling and it causes them unconsciously to slow down. That's what we have, the, the, that's the low hanging fruit for us in terms of being able to actually do something. Because beyond that, our resources are small, Our size is small. Our stature is small. Uh, It's very difficult to achieve our goals without looking at it from outside the box. Where we can, we find partnerships and and we get these little opportunities. We really just have to use a lot of everything that's at our disposal has to be pointed at trying to limit the traffic that comes into town and to control the the way it flows so that people are considerate of every user of the road.
0: What kind of advice do you have for somebody who's either an advocate, a resident, or even a municipality that wants to get involved and implement complete streets in their community?
2: I encourage everyone to do what you can to get involved. Start off by listening more more than speaking, because like (laughs) I said, I came to some public meetings With with a a fire in my throat, (laughs) Uh, you know, just ready to light people up. And it doesn't work that way, unfortunately. I'm
0: sure you know about that, too, Bill, right?
2: (laughs) My hair's starting to turn gray. (laughs) Well, as you know, as now as an elected official, I can tell you for sure that it's it doesn't move the needle (laughs) when you come to meetings (laughs) that way. But um,
1: actually, I, I hate to disagree with the councilman. It does move the needle. It just doesn't move as far and as fast as you'd hope it would. But with the, with the proper kind of planning and leadership that you're providing here, the needle will be moved, not the directly direction you may want it to go exactly. But at the same time, I, I think the Complete Streets policies and the downtown Heights town is an idea that's going to really do well. I and mean, you say you want to go outside the box, you want to go outside the donut hole. And I think that's the kind of things that make a place like Sound, a community that people wanna live in, a livable community, a sustainable community, and a community that's gonna to look to the future. That's what you're doing, and I, I, I commend you for that. I don't, I don't think you wanna ex- diminish what you've done, okay? I don't you're think right. it's fair to say that because I think it's important that we look into the future, and the future isn't just cars and trucks. The future is going to be need people needing to live in a town like
2: Heidstown. Absolutely. I, I will say that maybe just for me, You know, it's just to give an example, I had a conversation with a resident once about uh, about littering and, and, you know, now that I'm an entrenched public servant, uh, I have a little bit of an understanding of the background, who who in public works is going out there to pick up the trash empty the cans on a regular basis, so I, I had a resident that was upset about littering in a certain area in the parks. I kind of felt like they were trying to like stick me, you know, like, like, uh, no, if you, if you really care about this town, you should be out there picking up the trash. And I said, you know, you're right. So, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make a call. Uh, I'm going to talk to Bill over in uh, public works, and I'm going to just reinforce what we're doing and make sure that everything is on the up and up. And, And I realized that, like I said, the magic words that that's what the resident wanted me to say. I may look at things a certain way as a politician, as, as someone that's uh, been engaged with the local government for so long. But what people really want is results. And that's why I came to council and why I came to planning board, because I had a specific goal in mind that I wanted to see us reach. And when you see people struggling uh, with the same issues day after day, um, you want to do something about it. So that's my, that's what I would encourage everyone to do is to get involved, find out how things work, uh, find out how things specific to your town work, read your master plan, and then take that information now that you've been empowered by it and go to public meetings and encourage your elected officials to look into these problems, clean up the litter, so to speak, and you will move you're you are more likely to move the needle that way and in a more meaningful way in my opinion that's a
0: great way to uh to wrap it up but i have one more question for you and this is really controversial so um (laughs) (laughs) as a council member in heights town does central jersey exist and if so where does it begin and where does it end
1: Arlene, before I give the councilman a chance, the center of New Jersey is Heights, New Jersey.
0: It yeah, is. the geographic center.
1: <laughs> and the population center is East Brunswick. So we both have that. In common. There we go. That's right. So, so where,
0: where, where is your opinion on where it begins and where it ends? Because everybody has an opinion, and everybody is completely wrong about it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I. I, I mean, there's no doubt about it. Central Jersey exists. I've spent my whole life here, and, and uh, it's a magical place. I, so I get why some people maybe think it doesn't exist, but it exists. <laughs> the boundaries, in my opinion, uh, begin right about North Brunswick, I would say. What? I know. I knew it was going to be controversial.
0: Okay. <laughs> and they go down.
2: Now, a lot of people from North will say that they should start at North. Uh, Brunswick is, w- is where South Jersey begins. I feel that and I, I told you I, I came from Jackson originally. Uh, six Flags when you get south of Six Flags that's South Jersey to me. North that sounds of six about flags, right.
0: Yeah. Okay. I'll central. agree with you on that one.
2: <laughs> now where, where the border is I, I would say definitely north of New Brunswick. Possibly uh, <laughs> possibly as far north as like say Manalapan.
0: <laughs> Bill is shaking his head no. He, Bill completely disagrees.
2: <laughs> what do you the, say, uh, Bill? Uh, the oranges. <laughs> no, <laughs> first of all, you, I mean, i
1: really frame the question by a controversial, okay? And, <laughs> and, and councilman, I, I love the things you're doing in Heights on everything else, but you're crazy. Come on. Everybody knows Central Jersey starts in Union County on Route 78 and oh, only goes what? down to 195. <laughs> That's Central New Jersey. Us here He's in East at, Brunswick, we're right in the middle of South Central New Jersey. North Brunswick is next to
2: us. Come on, I was prepared for some some controversy here, but Good. you're right. Actually, yeah. my blood is just boiling.
0: Well, thank you so much. It was a great conversation. Thank you so much for joining us, Councilman. Um, I hope that those that listened in can take something away from this uh, from this topic and can work to help improve their communities and implement a complete street program in their town.
2: Thank you. I I really appreciate you guys putting your effort into this and I hope it leads to somebody volunteering somewhere because that's really how it gets done. Thank you.
1: Funded by the North Jersey Transportation Planning Authority and the Federal Highway Administration.